It's August 26th, 2021. We're on day 237 of Bible in a Year with Bill. Today, we're going to continue in the book of Nehemiah. We're going to read chapters 4 to 7, and then we're going to begin the longest chapter in the Bible, Psalm 119. It's going to take us a few days to get through this one because we're going to do it small bites at a time. Today, we're going to read Psalm 119, verses 1 to 16 to finish off today's reading. Let's get right into it. The book of Nehemiah, chapter 4. When Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he exploded in anger, vilifying the Jews. In the company of his Samaritan cronies and military, he let loose, What are these miserable Jews doing? Do they think they can get everything back to normal overnight? Make building stones out of make-believe? At his side, Tobiah the Ammonite jumped in and said, That's right. What do they think they're building? Why, if a fox climbed that wall, it would fall to pieces under his weight. Nehemiah prayed, Oh, listen to us, dear God. We're so despised. Boomerang their ridicule on their heads. Have their enemies cart them off as war trophies to a land of no return. Don't forgive their iniquity. Don't wipe away their sin. They've insulted the builders. We kept at it, repairing and rebuilding the wall. The whole wall was soon joined together and halfway to its intended height because the people had a heart for the work. When Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the Ashdodites heard that the repairs of the walls of Jerusalem were going so well that the breaks in the wall were being fixed, they were absolutely furious. They put their heads together and decided to fight against Jerusalem and create as much trouble as they could. We countered with prayer to our God and set a round-the-clock guard against them. But soon word was going around in Judah, the builders are pooped, the rubbish piles up. We're in over our heads. We can't build this wall. And all this time our enemies were saying, they won't know what hit them. Before they know it, we'll be at their throats, killing them right and left. That will put a stop to the work. The Jews who were their neighbors kept reporting, they have us surrounded. They're going to attack. If we heard it once, we heard it ten times. So I stationed armed guards at the most vulnerable places of the wall and assigned people by families with their swords, lances, and bows. After looking things over, I stood up and spoke to the nobles, officials, and everyone else. Don't be afraid of them. Put your minds on the master, great and awesome, and then fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Our enemies learned that we knew all about their plan and that God had frustrated it. And when and we went back to the wall and went to work. From then on, half of my young men worked while the other half stood guard with lances, shields, bows, and mail armor. Military officers served as backup for everyone in Judah who was at work rebuilding the wall. The common laborers held a tool in one hand and a spear in the other. Each of the builders had a sword strapped to his side as he worked. I kept the trumpeter at my side to sound the alert. Then I spoke to the nobles and officials and everyone else. There's a lot of work going on, and we are spreading out all along the wall, separated from each other. When you hear the trumpet call, join us there. Our God will fight for us. And so we kept working, from first light until the stars came out, half of us holding lances. 
I also instructed the people, each person and his helper is to stay inside Jerusalem, guards by night and workmen by day. We all slept in our clothes, I, my brothers, my workmen, and the guards backing me up. And each one kept his spear in his hand, even when getting water. Nehemiah chapter 5 A great protest was mounted by the people, including the wives, against their fellow Jews. Some said, we have big families and we need food just to survive. Others said, we're having to mortgage our fields and vineyards and homes to get enough grain to keep from starving. And others said, we're having to borrow money to pay the royal tax on our fields and vineyards. Look, we're the same flesh and blood as our brothers here. Our children is just as good as theirs. Yet here we are having to sell our children off as slaves. Some of our daughters have already been sold and we can't do anything about it because our fields and vineyards are owned by somebody else. I got really angry when I heard their protests and complaints. After thinking it over, I called the nobles and officials on the carpet. I said, each one of you is gouging his brother. Then I called a big meeting to deal with them. I told them, we did everything we could to buy back our Jewish brothers who had to sell themselves as slaves to foreigners. And now you're selling these same brothers back into debt slavery. Does that mean that we have to buy them back again? They said nothing. What could they say? What you're doing is wrong. Is there no fear of God left in you? Don't you care what the nations around here, our enemies, think of you? I and my brothers and the people working for me have also loaned them money, but this gouging them with interest has to stop. Give them back their foreclosed fields, vineyards, olive groves, and homes right now, and forgive your claims on their money, grain, new wine, and olive oil. They said, we'll give it all back. We won't make any more demands on them. We'll do everything you say. Then I called the priests together and made them promise to keep their word. Then I emptied my pockets, turning them inside out, and said, So may God empty the pockets and house of everyone who doesn't keep this promise, turned inside out and emptied. Everyone gave a wholehearted, Yes, we'll do it, and praised God. And the people did what they promised. From the time King Artaxerxes appointed me as their governor in the land of Judah, from the twentieth to the thirty-second year of his reign, twelve years, neither I nor my brothers used the governor's food allowance. Governors who had preceded me had oppressed the people by taxing them forty shekels of silver, about a pound a day for food and wine, while their underlings bullied the people unmercifully. But out of fear of God, I did none of that. I had work to do. I worked on this wall. All my men were on the job to do the work. We didn't have time to line our own pockets. I fed 150 Jews and officials at my table, in addition to those who showed up from the surrounding nations. One ox, six choice sheep, and some chickens were prepared for me daily. And every ten days, a large supply of wine was delivered. Even so, I didn't use the food allowance provided for the governor. The people had it hard enough as it was. Remember in my favor, O God, everything I've done for these people. Nehemiah chapter 6 When Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem the Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had rebuilt the wall and that there were no more breaks in it, even though I hadn't yet installed the gates, Sanballat and Geshem, sent this message, Come and meet with us at Kephirim in the Valley of Ono. 
I knew they were scheming to hurt me, so I sent messengers back with this. I'm doing a great work. I can't come down. Why should the work come to a standstill just so I can come down to see you? Four times they sent this message, and four times I gave them my answer. The fifth time, same messenger, same message, Sanballat sent an unsealed letter with this message. The word is out among the nations, and Geshem says it's true, that you and the Jews are planning to rebel. That's why you are rebuilding the wall. The word is that you want to be king, and that you have appointed prophets to announce in Jerusalem, there's a king in Judah. The king is going to have to be told all this. Don't you think we should sit down and have a talk? I sent him back this. There's nothing to what you're saying. You've made it all up. They were trying to intimidate us into quitting. They thought, they'll give up. They'll never finish it. I prayed, give me strength. Then I met secretly with Shemaiah, son of Deliah, the son of Mehitabel, at his house. He said, let's meet at the house of God inside the temple. Let's find safety behind locked doors because they're coming to kill you. Yes, coming by night to kill you. I said, why would a man like me run for cover? And why would a man like me use the temple as a hideout? I won't do it. I sensed that God hadn't sent this man. The so-called prophecy he spoke to me was the work of Tobiah and Sanballat. They had hired him. He had been hired to scare me off, trick me, a layman, into desecrating the temple and ruining my good reputation so they could accuse me. Oh my God, don't let Tobiah and Sanballat get by with all the mischief they've done. And the same goes for the prophetess Noadiah and the other prophets who have been trying to undermine my confidence. The wall was finished on the 25th day of Elul. It had taken 52 days. When all our enemies heard the news and all the surrounding nations saw it, our enemies totally lost their nerve. They knew that God was behind his, this work. All during this time, letters were going back and forth constantly between the nobles of Judah and Tobiah. Many of the nobles had ties to him because he was son-in-law to Shechaniah, son of Era, and his son Jehohanan had married the daughter of Meshulam, son of Berechiah. They kept telling me all the good things he did and then would report back to him anything I would say. And then Tobiah would send letters to intimidate me. Nehemiah chapter 7 After the wall was rebuilt and I had installed the doors and the security guards, the singers, and the Levites were appointed, I put my brother Hanani along with Hananiah, the captain of the citadel, in charge of Jerusalem because he was an honest man and feared God more than most men. I gave them this order, don't open the gates of Jerusalem until the sun is up, and shut and bar the gates while the guards are still on duty. Appoint the guards from the citizens of Jerusalem and assign them to posts in front of their own homes. The city was large and spacious, with only a few people in it, and the houses not yet rebuilt. God put it in my heart to gather the nobles, the officials, and the people in general to be registered. I found the gene genealogical record of those who were in the first return from exile. This is the record I found. These are the people of the province who returned from the captivity of the exile, the ones Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had carried off captive. They came back to Jerusalem and Judah, each going to his own town. They came back in the company of Zerubbabel, Jeshua, Nehemiah, Azariah, Ramiah, Nahamani, 
Mordecai, Bilshan, Mispereth, Bigvi, Nehum, and Bena, the numbers of the men of the people of Israel by families of origin, Perosh, 2,172, Shephatiah, 372, Era, 652, Pehath Moab, sons of Jeshua and Joab, 2,818, Elam, 1,254, Zatu, 845, Zakai, 760, Binui, 648, Bibai, 628, Asgad, 2,322, Adonikam, 667, Bigvi, 2,067, Adin, 655, Atur, sons of Hezekiah, 98, Hashum, 328, Bazai, 324, Harif, 112, Gibeon, 95. Israelites identified by place of origin, Bethlehem and Netophah, 188, Anathoth, 128, Beth Asmaveth, 42, Kiriath Jerem, Kephira, and Beeroth, 743, Ramah and Giba, 621, Mikmash, 122, Bethel and Ai, 123, Nebo, the other one, 52, Elam, the other one, 1,254, Harim, 320, Jericho, 345, Lod, Hadid, and Ono, 721, Sina, 3,930. Priestly families, Jediah, sons of Jeshua, 973, Immer, 1,052, Pashur, 1,247. Harim, 1,017. Levitical families, Jeshua, sons of Cadmiel and of Hadaviah, 74. Singers, Asaph's family line, 148. Security guard families, Shalom, Atur, Talmon, Akub, Hatita, and Shobai, 138. Families of support staff, Ziha, Hasufa, Tabaoth, Kiros, Saya, Pedon, Libana, Hagabah, Shalmai, Hanan, Gidel, Gahar, Riyah, Rizin, Nikoda, Gazam, Uza, Pasia, Bazai, Munim, Nephesim, Bakbuk, Hakufa, Harhur, Bazluth, Mahida, Harsha, Barhos, Sezira, Tima, Neziah, and Hatifa. Families of Solomon's servants, Sotai, Sophereth, Perida, Jela, Darkon, Gidel, Shephatiah, Hatil, Pokereth, Hazabayim, and Amon. The temple support staff and Solomon's servants added up to 392. These are those who came from Tel Malah, Tel Harsha, Kirub, Adon, and Emer. They weren't able to prove their ancestry, whether they were true Israelites or not. The sons of Deliah, Tobiah, and Nakoda, 642. Likewise, with these priestly families, the sons of Hobiah, Hakos, and Barzillai, who had married a daughter of Barzillai the Gileadite and took that name. They looked high and low for their family records, but couldn't find them, and so they were barred from priestly work as ritually unclean. The governor ruled that they could not eat from the holy food until a priest could determine their status by using their Urim and Thummim. 
The total count for the congregation was 42,360. That did not include the male and female slaves who numbered 7,337. There were also 245 male and female singers, and there were 736 horses, 245 mules, 435 camels, and 6,720 donkeys. Some of the heads of families made voluntary offerings for the work. The governor made a gift to the treasury of 1,000 drachmas of gold, about 19 pounds, 50 bowls, and 530 garments for the priests. Some of the heads of the families made gifts to the treasury for the work. It came to 20,000 drachmas of gold and 2,200 minas of silver, about one and a third tons. Gifts from the rest of the people totaled 20,000 drachmas of gold, about 375 pounds, 2,000 minas of silver, and 67 garments for the priests. The priests, Levites, security guards, singers, and temple support staff, along with some others and the rest of the people of Israel, all found a place to live in their own towns. Let's read Psalm 119, verses 1 to 16. You're blessed when you stay on course, walking steadily on the road revealed by God. You're blessed when you follow His directions, doing your best to find Him. That's right, you don't go off on your own. You walk straight along the road He set. You, God, prescribe the right way to live. Now you expect us to live it. Oh, that my steps might be steady, keeping to the course you set. Then I'd never have any regrets in comparing my life with your counsel. I thank you for speaking straight from your heart. I learn the pattern of your righteous ways. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. Don't ever walk off and leave me. How can a young person live a clean life? By carefully reading the map of your word. I'm single-minded in pursuit of you. Don't let me miss the road signs you've posted. I've banked your promises in the vault of my heart, so I won't sin myself bankrupt. Be blessed, God. Train me in your ways of wise living. I'll transfer to my lips all the counsel that comes from your mouth. I delight far more in what you tell me about living than in gathering a pile of riches. I ponder every morsel of wisdom from you. I attentively watch how you've done it. I relish everything you've told me of life. I won't forget a word of it. So blessed God, I pray that you would bless this reading today. Thank you for this reading. And thank you, my friends, for joining me today. I pray that you got something out of today. I definitely did. I hope to see you tomorrow. Take care now.